Hey everyone, I wanted to jump on here to remind you all of season two of Office Hours. It launches this Friday, June 17th on Apple TV. We've got the biggest celebrities, athletes, entertainers, and the world thought leaders on this season. And I can't wait for all of you to start watching this Friday. Each week, I'm going to share some of my favorite conversations from this upcoming season. So today, you're going to get an early preview of one of the best conversations we had during season two. Today's episode is our conversation with UFC Hall of Famer Forrest Griffin, and he shared what his pre-fight speech was. So make sure you give this a listen, and don't forget to start streaming Season 2 of Office Hours this Friday. This is The Playbook. Welcome back to Office Hours. We got another champion here, another friend of mine, by the way, and I'm so blessed to have him as a friend. I call him the humble warrior, and I'll tell you why. Forrest Griffin, of course, UFC light heavyweight champion, known for the greatest fight that created the UFC. If without that fight with Bonner, I'm not sure we'd be here today or those huge facilities over there would be here. Uh, Dana White still should be thanking you. Um, but Forrest, what... I've learned I, he, I, I think he thanks me with the job. I think that's oh, well, then tell him for more money. Yeah. That's, I'm good. I, I I'm tell good. people all the time, thanks are great, but pay me more. Um, and what's interesting, though, when we met and since I've become friends with you, very few people have the humility to illuminate the truth, right? And you just, no matter where and what we're talking about and the questions that are asked of you, you have this ability to, you know, pull and extract out any fluff or bullshit, and you just simply say, well, this is what it is, and you have this ability to tell the truth and illuminate the truth without any fluff and with complete humility, whether it's embarrassing or not embarrassing. You just live at a truth that I haven't seen in especially many great athletes. Where does that process of illumination come from that you feel so comfortable just telling it like it is? Um, I'm sure it's a deep-seated self-hate. No, so, <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, the truth it's again. funny. It's not. Uh, it's not. Um, it's not really like. It's kind of easy to examine yourself. I was going to write a third book. It was going to be think like a sociopath. Like if you could actually take a step back and watch your life, like it was a TV show. What choices would you make, or how would you define a situation? So with myself, it's actually easy. It's often difficult when you're talking to someone with your life, and you want to kind of, you know basically condense them into one statement or make that statement about them. Like, yeah, you know, you've seen it a lot. You'll, you'll hear like Joe Rogan, who's another guy, cuts right through it. He's interviewing a guy and they're like, yeah, I don't know if you won that fight. <laughs> He's like, you know, and he just tells it like that. I want to do that, but like in a much like milder, like kid, like, hey, it was a great performance, but you know, there's some things you did wrong. What, what do you think you could do better, you know? I think that's the key is not like even exposing yourself. Um, maybe that is part of the key. If you expose yourself and make yourself look a little bit vulnerable, people are, are less likely to, uh, you know, to come in, well, I am this and I am that, and I'm, okay, you got, you're, you're pretty good, man. You're pretty good. I'll be honest. You're, you're good. Um, when I would go to a strange gym and do jujitsu, I would let somebody tap me. I would let the, the beast, the whatever, oh, yeah, you got me. It's great. And after that, we actually started to roll and to get into it. Because if you're afraid, and I'm afraid, we're just sitting there, and it, like you've seen the grappling matches, yeah. just like, this is boring. Are we getting anything out of this? We're just snatching each other's hands. Nobody's committing to anything. So what are we really learning here? And so I would just, all right, I'll just dive into the bottom here. Right, you start mount on me. Let's, like, let's, 
and oh, you got me. All right, and then they'll be like, oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're still gonna go hard, but we're not gonna play so defensive as that we don't get anything out of it. And you see the same thing, you know, a lot of facets of life. But that's the one that I, that I've noticed just from jujitsu and sparring. It's like if you kind of like, okay, yeah, it was a good shot. You're, you're, they'll, they'll open up and you'll get more out of it, like a more productive practice or training session. Yeah, I mean, the ultimate fighter, it's, in, it's really inspiring. And also for all the athletes today and non-athletes, what actually do you think separates the best from all the rest? So, you know, and, and I'm sure you guys have seen this too. We were talking baseball earlier. Like, I'm sure you've been around those guys that were gym warriors are just amazing. And for whatever reason, they didn't get the break. And with fighting, it used to be a lot of that, like just not being at the right place at the right time for their age. I know a few people that always got the better me in the gym, but when it came to performance, they just didn't quite have the pieces together to perform. Sometimes it's a mental thing. Sometimes it's just, you know, I cut weight wrong, or I just, you know, uh, you know, people will find ways to fail sometimes in, in big moments. And, and you know, I, I always talk about Mandy Couture as kind of like my accidental mentor. Like, he didn't mentor me. I just saw him. What he did was awesome, so I copied it. I, I don't, maybe that is a mentor, actually. I don't know. But, um, you know, and I was like, well, you know, what he does better than anybody else is just not getting his own way. I want to do that. You know, so interesting is, Kim, you as an entrepreneur, I see you doing the same thing. It's really extraordinary. So many people can build a business. But to take a business and execute and exit the way you have multiple times, it's like a guy who may not be the best in, in the gym, but when it comes down to it, wins the championship belt. You seem to always win that championship belt. So I see some great comparisons. She's much better looking, but yeah, well, between you two. <laughs> hey, well, I mean, she's much, much better looking because this is, the bar's not that high. <laughs> That's why I like hanging out with you. Uh, That's why I no. like hanging out with you. That's why I like hanging out with you guys. Her. I'm like, hey, this is great company. Yeah. Speaking of great looking. <laughs> so, Forrest, you're, you're obviously a very articulate and, and intelligent person. How much does intelligence play in your success in the ring? So that, that is a great question. And I think if you watch like a guy like Israel Adesanya fight, you see, oh my God, that guy really, not only is he smarter, so I was a pretty smart guy and tactically able to figure things out, but there's also a, a component of being able to react and execute a game plan. So you have to see the move and then execute the move in time. And I was the king of, oh, I got, no, I lost it. You know, so it, it, it really becomes, uh, some of that is just like your reactive time, which, you know, and I, when I'm, I don't mean your hand speed, I mean like the ability to, you know, take a concept, find the move, you know, figure the puzzle out, and then answer it in a physical fashion, like how milliseconds, right? Um, and, you know, I see guys do that so well now. I was always decent at looking at film and saying, ah, this is where he's weak, this is a game plan, this is what I'm good at, this is where my greatest chance of victory drives, but, uh, or, like, lives. But, you know, in an actual fight, there is that, the ability to do it in that, that, brief window of opportunity before you kind of lose your moment and now now you've 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 let him take his moment to do what he wanted to do or impose his will so um that was something i was never really pleased i, I didn't feel i translated that in fights properly you know we were talking about some fighters that are very smart and they sometimes they fight not so smart they fight like it's very entertaining but they don't fight up to their abilities they fight 
with their heart, which is also what people want to see, but maybe they'd be better served to fight more tactically. But, you know, you get a better paycheck if you fight hard. Lawrence, yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, something I love asking athletes that had really strong rises to fame, if you could go back or if you could give advice to somebody. Change everything. Everything. I would love to know, or what could have been there to support you that you think other people need to have made it an easier transition from starting to that strong rise into fame? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unanswer your question there. It's a good question, like. but I'm going to answer something totally different. Cool. So I am thankful I had it as hard as I did. I, um, you know, and I'm, we talked about this before. I had a couple about, first of all, I was never really homeless because my parents are middle class, so let me be clear. But I had no home. <laughs> I could always, like, I, it's, it's, you know, I was like, I was poor like I was on food stamps. I had no money. I had nothing. I was living in my, my coaches on a mattress in my coach's living room because I'd committed to the dream of fighting. But at the same time, um, I could borrow my, my coach's phone, who was looking after me and be like, hey, mom, come get me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I sort of did that. Like, when I was 25 and a police officer actually lived on my mom's couch for a while before I get my feet under me, get, the, get a couple, you know, that's the thing. You're like, oh, it takes two weeks, two weeks before I get my first paycheck. But the moral of that story is I'm glad I had it hard. I wish I had it harder. At the moment, it sucked. But um, there was a time in 2005, 2006 where I was out in Vegas and, and the UFC was giving me money to, go to fights, they're paying me to watch fights, what? And, and, you know, they were flying me, Spike TV was flying me up to New York, and, you know, I was living in, like, ridiculous hotels on their dime. And I had the appreciation for that. And, like, I'm just so glad I had both, right? Like, without the little bit of suffering, you can't really enjoy the, the finer things. You know, I feel bad for kids that have started rich and are used to, like, you know, first-class flights, you know? Um, I, you know, I started an extra coach, you know, the seat in the back that doesn't go all the way back. I made it to first class, and now I'm back somewhere in the middle, you know. I'm in that, you know, preferred select, which is fine. Everything's preferred select when you have short legs like you and ITJ. Yeah, it's not real hard for me to become. <laughs> yeah, when I start every speech now, that's what I start with. Who here grew up rich? Yeah. Right? Or who, who here grew up poor? And then half the audience always grew up poor, so they raise their hands. Yeah. I'm like, ah, yeah, sorry. For, sorry. I feel so sorry for the rest of you. Right, yeah. Because yeah. I, I can't teach you what I've learned by being poor. Uh, I can't teach my own children it, which terrifies me. I, so I, I'm not well off by any means compared to you guys, but you know what I don't do? Pay attention to my bill at the grocery store. I just don't do it. And that, for me, feels good. That is, that is like, that is the level of wealth I want. I don't want like, I don't want a nice car. I like, do, do I worry about? My credit card bill? Not really, because I don't buy crazy stuff, <laughs> you know? And, and you talk about, you're talking about stress to happiness ratio. Yeah. Man, you know, I don't need money stress, because that's going to reduce my happiness. You know, I'll work stress, I'll take it, right? And we talked about this a little bit, you stress and distress. Well, I, I'm stressed, but I'm stressed because I have a, a level of expectation. I have performance goals for myself. I have things I want to achieve, and I fail at them sometimes, you know? Maybe I set the standard a little high for myself. But yeah, I get stressed about that. But those, those are the things I want to achieve and do and, and kind of what I want in my life and my legacy to have meant. So yeah, those things are important. You know? Do I get stressed because I don't balance that as well as I should with getting home to see my daughter? Of course. But you know, that, is, that is you stress. That is motivational stress. That is, that is the fire that causes you to do something. I have a really cool quote. Somebody asked me, are you afraid? I said, 
every morning when I drive to the gym. That's why I drive to the gym. I'm afraid of that fight. I'm afraid of that guy might knock me out because that, that is an option. It's happened to me many times. But every day, my car magically takes me to the gym and I work my ass off to make sure that that is not the outcome that happens. You know what I'm saying? So fear is not always bad. Stress isn't always bad. It's just, it, it's like, it's like anything else. It's how you metabolize it, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's how you cue on those things. Fear is good, man. And, and I, I won't give you, I won't bore you with my little pre-fight speech, but I, <laughs> I like to get a little bit of, ooh, I feel a little, ooh. I kind of want to hear the pre-fight speech. Yeah. Come on. Right. It's a pre-fight speech, yeah. How long is it? Give it to us. It's, it's under a minute. No, oh, yeah. I mean, okay, it's, it's just, it's just we'll simply, and I've heard it, other people say it better, but mm, I, I like mine too. No, it's just like, hey, are you nervous? Are you nervous? Fuck yeah. yeah, you're nervous, because this is important. You're nervous. Your, your body's doing weird shit. You know why? Because your body knows that right now, I don't really need to process food. I don't need blood in my stomach. I need blood in my muscles. You feel like everything's in car accident speed. You know why? That's your neurons in your brain firing, because they are ready. You are ready. Your body is physically ready. You, you did this. Your genes did this when your ancestors were killing woolly fucking mammoths. You're ready, and, and just... Just dive into that feeling. It feels good. Just accept it. Yeah, I'm nervous. Okay, yeah, that's good. That means you're about to go out there and fight another human being that's trying to remove you from your consciousness, but that's okay because you're going to do it to them first. There you go. Let's go! The incredible, humble hero, Forrest Griffin. Thank you so much for joining us here on Office Hours. All right. You're amazing. You guys fight now? We're right. I'll, I'll fight. Fired up? Fired up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, brother.